Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Shit your pants. Shit your pants. Shit your pants. <coughs> You're not a real fan if you don't shit your pants. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through sex and the city for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. <laughs> My name is John Sieber. And, and welcome to week two Ooh. of our Sex and the City movie watch. It You have been chomping at the bit to get to this mm. next part of the movie. And now <laughs> we're here. We can't wait to hear the guys talk about uh, Steve and Harry, uh, the romantic rendezvous. Uh, no, what they, what, what they, everyone this whole time is always just like, have been messaging us like, we cannot wait to hear you talk for 20 minutes about Charlotte shitting herself for the whole, <laughs> from the very beginning. She was like, just wait, um, which is, you know, which was great. Um, but no, we, I mean, we're, we're in the thick of the movie. Yeah, if you, if you listen to last week's pod, if you listen to last week's pod, you know that we started watching the movie and in in real time where mm. the, th- the space that the three of us exist in right now, the Bradshaw boys are in, we just started watching this movie like an hour and a half ago, an hour yeah. 20 ago, something like that in podcast time. We we were breaking this up into a couple of weeks, but we're watching this all the way through one time, and we're just taking little breaks to like digest it. So we just finished like an hour and a half of the movie. We're mm-hmm. gonna dive into the second thing, and uh, man, a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah, it's like well, well, I think something to to talk about before we dive into the actual movie is is we had a lot of people telling us to kind of embrace for not the best sex and city experience people Mm -hmm. were like people were like it's fine but it's like not it's not the best or like you know uh, it's not my favorite thing and kevin you you text it out during the middle watching like this Mm -hmm. movie rules i love it yeah you said you said you liked it better you said you liked it better than so far better than like the finale episodes here here's here's i'm not trying to force your hand no i i i think where I'm at right now with it is I'm just like this. It is. If, if I would have seen this for the finale, I would have been like, man, this is solid. I loved the fact that they pushed into high end drama, like high stakes for the finale. And that tonally it was a little heavier. They Carrie was in Paris. There's a, and since we went on that journey and they ended it in this, like kind of like, 
melodramatic way, melodrama in a meaning like a good, good melodrama, a good mm-hmm. version of that. Then it's like great to come back and, um, and have there be like a little lightness. Like, I mean, think about the the finale was like was like dementia of a parent mm-hmm. and like and like your relationship falling a, apart a around Russian, you. A he, Russian man slapping you. Yeah, and I loved it. Like I five out of five stars. But also, it's they didn't have time for poop jokes. And like that is right. that is sex in the city that it's like sexy woman in the shower. <laughs> like that is <laughs> that is when you think about some of the revolutionary stuff that they did, I do think it was like Carrie farting in front of Big mm-hmm. and like things like that that I bet girls were very excited to be like, yes, we're not just like we're not just sex kittens. We yeah. We wear sexy dresses, we go out, and then like we have our periods, or we mm. fart, or like these other things. And so, there's Montezuma's this- revenge can 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 befall anyone. It's not it's yeah. not gender exclusive, dude. How do you how do you think I felt being so horned up, being like, yes, Charlotte in the shower, and then she <laughs> opens her mouth, and I'm like, yeah, and then just a few minutes later, I was just like. <laughs> Oh, which is how, awesome. Like, are you asking me how I think you felt? I think horned up through the entire thing. You're a scat lover. And because <laughs> <laughs> you, you do, you do. I'm a scat man. Yeah. <laughs> You're a scat man. <laughs> um, no, I actually did. I did tell you guys, I texted you a thing that we, I don't want to repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first, which, that's like a, that's like a rarely you'll find Kevin James Doyle unwilling to dive into uh, personal details so i'm it was was that i would be i I think i do have a fantasy that i don't feel i i feel comfortable saying it within the context of it being a fantasy which i think like a girl doing pilates or yoga is very hot (laughs) yeah there's there's nothing hey i'm not i'm not here to kink shame anyone if you want to if you if you're into girls I, i i think that's like i think a lot of a lot of straight white or straight, I don't know, skin color, something to do with straight men would be really into seeing like attractive women like Kristen Davis doing Pilates or yoga. That's just like sure, a, he, that's not like yeah. that much of a kink. I'm gonna throw up it's, just to clarify that I'm gonna throw up a, a thing on our Instagram. And be like, any black males want to chime in <laughs> on whether they like watching girls do yoga? There'd be a lot black of guys men with- only, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so so I'm just really, really enjoying it, and I'm also really enjoying getting back to the basics of how we do our podcast, and I think how we do it best, which is like getting to come together and all being on the exact same page of what we watched, yeah. which is it's really interesting to be like, if we do an article or if we do questions, we're coming at it from different ways, and it's always really fun to look at the exact same thing and then hear different perspectives. And it's like, Oh, it's not just us talking about our perspectives on dating or cheating that someone asked for advice. It's like, mm-hmm. I saw the storyline and I had no idea that you thought of it that way. And that's, that's been really fun. A return, a return to form for the Bradshaw boys. Totally. Yeah, totally. totally. I, it, this feels very icing on the cake to just like get to watch this and get to, I mean, that we said in that one tweet last time, someone was like, it's like high level fanfic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in the best way it some of it is. You're just yeah. like, like imagine I thought about this when we were watching it. Imagine if you were a huge fan of this show 
and then you go watch it in the theater. Yeah. And you're just like, you're just like, this is the best. Yeah. Totally. It's great. And I feel like this is a show that that could work for. If they tried to do like a Seinfeld movie, that's why they, that's why the Seinfeld reunion like happened on Curb because they were like, I don't know if we could really pull this off as the actual thing. And like, yeah, I don't think this kind of movie gets like a hundred percent. And if you're like a true fan of something, like you're not, you're, I don't even know how to articulate this thought. You're not like going to see a sex in the city movie, hoping that it wins an Academy award. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, it's not like, like you're kind of going into it knowing like, Oh, this is going to be a ridiculous thing. But someone was like, it's not my favorite movie, but I love the characters. And it's like, yeah, that's why you're going to go to the movie. You're going to go see your mm-hmm. characters in the big screen doing funny things, interacting mm-hmm. with each other. And like, that's the whole point of, of this. I, I, would, I would say this too. I would say um, this is going to be the nexus of what we're always best at, which is taking nerd culture and <laughs> nerd guy culture and girl culture and talking about it. But I do think that there is something with fan fan service that can feel inauthentic and i wonder if the person that wrote in said it's like fan fiction but like when i watched the new star wars trilogy there were things that were to me eye rolly that it was just like and then the thing happens when you're like you're just you know the thing and then you're waiting for the thing happens it's like and then this happens and when you see that over and over again it cannot it can get boring yeah. And this to me is not that so far. They haven't. I'm trying to think of like the worst version of it in Star Wars, but like I think the worst version of it in Star Wars is when I think it's when you see Yoda uh, come out and fight. You remember? And it's like yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time you see. It's the first time you saw animated Yoda. When previous to that, you are you talking seen, in the prequels? I'm talking in the prequels. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's a Hold time on, that when scene, Yoda- that scene legit rips when he fights Count Dooku and he's like ping ponging all around like a like a. Like a I, pin, like a I like in, things. That scene is is awesome. That's like my friend full level ten nerd boner. Okay, so my <laughs> here here's my my comeback to that, which I can see what you're saying, but I remember my friend when we saw it had a huge problem with it because because it was level ten nerd boner. Yeah, your he friends was like, a, your friends a moron then. Like all you see of Yoda in the original trilogies is like this decrepit old guy who you know was a badass in the Clone Wars, but you never get to see it. You know he can like lift X wings with his mind force. He can train right. Luke how to do backpacks while in a right. like. But then you get to see him actually fight with his but little how much green of, Yoda lightsaber. Dude, but how much? On. How That's much like the of best that part? How much of that is just making Yoda out to be the monkey and the Lion King when you finally get to see the monkey, the monkey sensei fight? It sort yeah, of cheapens great. Yoda a little bit. No, it's just uh, kind of okay. I think to at first we have to do a good question after this to connect. Also, Star also, Wars I just want to stop. I want to stop real quick and say you will not get this conversation on any other Sex in the City exactly. podcast. Exactly. Hands down, this is a Bradshaw Boys conversation. They're not doing well, this anywhere. There's else. just a lot of shitty stuff in the first Star Wars movie. Like other, like it, it is by far the most racist movie that's ever been made. And I and I George am in, and I am including like the Birth of a singer. Nation. It is like 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 what is his name Gatto or grotto the guy who like holds oh slaves is obviously like the biggest parody on a jewish person you have like the guy. asian delegates who have like the worst asian accent you have That's you so have true. just menstrual jar jar binks walk around being a goofball it's like how did <laughs> that, that movie so- get made and you're gonna tell yeah. me yoda kicking ass is the worst part of those movies wait pause pause hold on hold on yoda kicking ass he was supposed to be indian that's why <laughs> 
That's why. He was an Indian stereotype. He was supposed okay, to be the wholesome from Street Fighter 2. Okay? That's this why. Is, this is what I think the worst version of, of that is not necessarily the Yoda thing. I can see your point, but it's when it's when like a person is like um is like oh and then when they get uh, when they get there s- lightsaber it's a big thing and then when you see that the third time it happens the exact same way it's like look they got it and look and then they connect and i don't think they've done that in sex in the city so far yeah. they haven't done yeah. the the fill in the blank and mm-hmm. and but they have done that here's a good example they all get around and they look at the thing that samantha once that is a clat like that's happened with shoes mm-hmm. that's happened with dresses and it's mm-hmm. like all four girls wanting mm-hmm. some girly shit that every mm-hmm. girl wants that's fucking mm-hmm. awesome and it's executed in a way that is really good because it ultimately they go to the auction and they bring it back with good writing by being like him buying that for me took something away from me and it wasn't just fan service of here's like a rich thing that she bought and he bought for her end of story. It has an emotional element of like, now I feel like I'm losing something to this man and there is something underpinning it or else it would just be like, oh, that's the same thing they do in every sex in the city thing. Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think they're really, yeah. I think MPK has to be like, I could imagine him when hopefully we get to interview him sometime, but I would imagine that he's a writer that is like, that's great. Why? You know? That's great that she gets shoes. What do the shoes mean? Or like, why does he give that? Because so much bad writing is like, oh, then they get to do the fun, awesome thing. Then they get to do the trip and everything in the sex and city operating on level 10 is always being like, what's the emotional underpinning? What do the Mm -hmm. characters want? Mm -hmm. How does this benefit them and how does this hurt them? And I think that the movie so far is doing a great job at all. I agree. I, I agree. Actually, real quick, good example of that that I think we're starting to see pay off in the movie is we didn't talk about this last episode, but when Carrie does the the 80s movie fashion walk of all her dresses and they yeah. all get champagne and they're all like, take it, leave it, like putting up their signs. And it it's such sex in the city candy because you've got yeah. the girls together again. Yes. Samantha's like, a lot of good things have happened in this apartment. So I flew in. And you're getting to see fashion and you're getting to see their personalities. But now you've seen this thing where it's like, that was literally their goodbye to their old life. Now you've had everything fall apart and she's back in that. So it's like, it already kind of set up a thing that was like, you think it's just candy. Really? It's this, like you're set up for this one thing. Now we're back at these like expectations are shattered. Where's life now? Like that's yeah. a great, that's really good writing. Yeah. Really like good. I would, uh, this is, this is like a summary thought, but I'm going to say it now. Anyway, the the reason I'm like liking this movie so far is because if I were given the opportunity to go see this right now in the theater with the two of you and Katie and a big ass bucket of popcorn, that sounds like the <laughs> best night ever. That sounds like the easiest $13, mm-hmm. 14, if you or 20, if you're in New York like money I've ever spent in my life. Like <laughs> also the, also the way that you said that it was like me, Kevin, Katie, and a big ass bucket of popcorn. I just imagine the popcorn being like Kool-Aid man. Yeah. It's like a big ass bucket of popcorn. That's, that's like Anna. It's like, it's that's how big Anna I more That's like, how oh, big yeah. I want my popcorn. I want, I'm I want all of it. I, I gave you five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who's left, uh, starting and traversing all the way through your sex and city funnel down to star Wars and then back out. Yeah. 
I, I didn't hit the 15 second skip. <laughs> I do think um, so many people th- are going to be depressed when they hit 15 seconds. Still hear me <laughs> ranting about Yoda. Another 15 <laughs> seconds. Still hear me ranting about Yoda. Another 15 seconds. Now we're on Jar Jar Banks. They're going to be like, what the, what the, fuck? I know. And then, and then we bring it back to talk about like how good the writing is. And then they're back here like, fucking come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, I will say that a really sick way that would be awesome after COVID is done um and when we are able to do this uh because we would have liked to do it like somehow this way but we can if we can rent out if we can rent out a theater and mm-hmm. all go see the movie oh, just fucking red, red carpet 100% Alamo Draft House here's yeah. what we have to do like that. we have to also without any assistance from any of our stylish or fashion friends we have to dress up in what we think is the most fashionable outfit we can think of <laughs> Oh yeah, and we just <laughs> show up looking like absolute turds, and Anahita has to just judge which one of us is the most fashionable. I Dude, would love that would that. be that would be so fun. I'm toward between doing it at a movie theater or doing it at CarryCon that we're going to do at Bowery Ballroom over the course of five like five days. I five thought about Carrie this Con. like when we do that, we need to come up with things that like we need to turn watching Sex in the City the movie into one of the experience experiences like when people watch the room or something. Like Lebowski like, Fest, yeah. Yeah, like 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 when like when we'll get to this, but like when the bouquet swipe comes out, everyone yeah. has to throw flowers at the screen. <laughs> like we need to have things and when Charlotte screams no, we have to have Kevin go, has to no, go up on no, stage no, naked, no. and we all just have to go no, no, and no. We all have to. We all have to like everyone. We feed everyone beans before, and then everyone farts at the same time when, yeah, exactly. when Charlotte exactly. does that. We all like, try save to it, save it. All right, three, okay. two. <laughs> okay, everyone, everyone, shit your pants now. Shit your pants. Shit your pants. Shit your pants. <laughs> You're not a real fan if you don't shit your pants. <laughs> And then we get, we're like, all right, special guest. And then Kristen Davis comes on. She comes out del- wearing an adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> and it depends. Oh my gosh. The and funny thing takes- is that like we have, like- we have interviewed her and talked with her. It's so funny to just make that no, Kevin, here's what you have to do. Get hey, super thanks- drunk the rest of the night tonight and muster up the courage to ask her to come to our live show and shit her pants on stage. <laughs> hey, Hey, just she just gets a DM and she's just like, oh my gosh, these boys are so crazy. Listen, they're just the funniest. Let let me see what they say. She's like, she's like, she's zooming with Sarah Jessica Parker, just like and Willie Garson. She's like, those boys, you have to do their podcasts again. Sarah said, we're doing a live event next year once COVID's all done. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be so fun. Um, they want me to come and dress up in an adult diaper and shit my pants on stage <laughs> that sounds so fun yes let's do it <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh man i All love right. that this is where we got to over the course of the dude, entire podcast dude, the it's ticket the instead of putting like an x on your hand to show that you're of age you have to just rub cream cheese on your face carry <laughs> <laughs> Yo, CarryCon's gonna be a real thing, people. And if you aren't shitting your pants at CarryCon, then you aren't getting the full experience. <laughs> oh my oh, god, my face hurts from laughing. All right, oh. so, all right, John, so give us the we? give us the overview. <laughs> <laughs> give us the overview of where where we're at in the Sex and the City movie one. All right, we, so we we ended with the rehearsal dinner. The first time we watched, this is where we started with this watch. And uh, rehearsal there was pretty standard. Samantha's given a toast. 
Um, something big that happened at the rehearsal dinner, Steve came to see Miranda while they're outside smoking cigars. By the way, great scene to see like all the bros outside smoking cigars. Dude. Awesome. So I wish good. I wish Aiden would have just Dude, randomly if, been there if too. Aiden, Aiden should have been there to get a stoke with him. If Aiden walked by with like his like now seven year old baby strapped in the front of his uh jacket. Yeah, <laughs> hey and the baby the baby had a stogie in its mouth. He can't even see around the baby's head because it just carries his father's genetic trait of having an enormous <laughs> head. Like, and hey. the, the the baby's just like, Can we keep walking? Like he has full vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, Steve comes, tries to apologize to Miranda. She doesn't, isn't having it. She says, you broke me. You broke me. And then finally talks, uh, Miranda goes in, talks to uh, John, a.k.a. Mr. Big, and is like, don't get married. It just ruins everything. Um, right. So the ladies are having their little, um, their little night before the wedding, get, get together where they're laughing, telling stories. Uh, Carrie calls big or big calls Carrie. He's kind of freaking out about, about writing the vows, which by the way, maybe since it's his third, third marriage, but if this was his first marriage, you're telling me a finance bro like him would just be sitting alone at his house rather than like doing lines of Coke off a stripper's ass. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, totally. Kevin has a thought. I do want to, it's a good thought. And I do want to talk about something. I think it's written to show that he doesn't have friends because his one friend was a loser and he was by himself Uh, with Raul. And Carrie had I, all of her friends around him. I have that in my notes that like I've like when you see him melting down, he's completely alone and it keeps cutting to Carrie having like the best. Yeah, yes. totally. Same yeah. exact thing. It's just so, showing him like being totally yeah. alone. He yeah, kind of totally. needs to be reassured that it'll be that it'll be just the two of them that he'll have her. Um, that makes a lot more sense why he says that. Next day, the wedding, which is like a super fun scene. They're all looking gorgeous. They're all dressed to the nine. Willie's there. Uh, Anthony's there. Um, and they go to the library and big can't muster the courage to step inside. He's stuck in his car and Katie turned to me and was like, as an actor, this is everyone's dream moment where like Carrie gets out of the car, smashes a bouquet of flowers, uh, over big's head, which is going to be a a huge point in our Carrie con when everyone throws the flowers and then Charlotte, like some insane acting, like so good. Mama bear comes out and it's just like, no, no. And her face is just like, yeah, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, Carrie's depressed. They go on the honeymoon that she that she booked mm-hmm. and uh, she kind of gets over her depression a little bit by, by laughing, comes back to the but, city. What's up? Order, orders about doesn't she order a bunch of drinks to their table on another room's check? The Preston table. She I mean, says something. She says but, something about no, like Preston, where the second guest That's Big's last name. Oh, it's John Preston. Yeah, yeah John oh, James gotcha. Preston. Okay. Oh, it's um, on his. Okay, gotcha. It's on his money. Gotcha. That's where John where, James, John James, Preston. JJP. You're Preston yeah. in this. Yeah. Yeah, because John. Or you're Preston. Kevin James. Oh, you're I'm Preston. Preston. Oh, okay. Because I'm cool. Kevin James Doyle. He's John Sieber. You're Preston. Preston. Oh, I'm Preston. You're yeah, Corey, Corey Preston. Kevin. Everyone knows that's my middle name. Yeah. Um, and that's where uh, Charlotte gets a little little shower water in her mouth, gets some Montezuma's revenge, um, shits her pants. <laughs> and then uh, Carrie goes back, kind of reinvigorated. She hires a personal assistant, Jennifer Hudson. And now um, I'm trying to think. The last, it's like the seasons have passed because Charlotte is pregnant, uh, which yep. is amazing. And uh, Carrie just – the last thing we saw is Carrie just gave um, – uh, her assistant Jennifer Hudson Louise a pair of uh, or no a Louis Vuitton bag, 
Yeah. And that's yeah. where I, that's After where she I gave it. her the meet me in St. Louis, which I think is like DVD the start of act three. It's like the conflict was the, the wedding, uh, getting stood up. And now she is like, she is like redefining herself as Carrie. She, she dyed her hair Brown. She is mm-hmm. like, has an assistant. She just, she said, giving her assistant that bag was the greatest gift she's ever done mm-hmm. or like the happiest she's ever been. So it's like this new, uh, Carrie Bradshaw, um, moment so yeah let's what what do you want to talk about first i have a thing well one thing that that line that she says she tells jennifer hudson your 20s is for like falling in love your 30s is for reflecting on that and your 40s is paying for the drinks that's when she talks to her about going to meet the guy with the booty call so she's like Mm. grown i have a quick thing i want to talk about where i texted i really hope you try to sell us a timeshare live on uh (laughs) so here's the thing Here's the thing. Have you ever been to Ocala, Florida? Oh my gosh, o- that Ocala. got me so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick thing on air that I'd like to talk to you and all the listeners about. Okay, um, we're like we're texting as we're talking. Like, can this? Can, does this have to go in the pod? Like, why are you doing it now? And you're like, I just got to trust me. Trust I'm going to put a link in the in the show notes. Everyone, we have to if act. You like if you like a white sand beach, uh, but. Uh, no, so I texted y'all while we were watching, and I was like, "There's no, uh, there's, there's been very minimal carry voiceover," mm. um, and I, I have to go back and watch. But what's interesting is like there might be there's carry voiceover in the very very beginning where she like does the intro of who all four of them are, you know, when they get into the thing, and then it, mm. I think maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a ton of it, and then I noticed it comes back. Um, the voiceover comes back. I think when Charlotte, I think when Charlotte like craps herself or something like that, when Charlotte's in the shower, I think is the first time it comes back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. what's funny is, what's funny is that's when Stella that gets her groove the, back. That's when Charlotte gets her poop back. Yeah. Um, forgive me. Uh, no, but what's funny is her. That's when her voiceover comes back in. That leads to. Carrie laughing and when she says at the dinner before am I ever going to laugh again and Samantha's like yes when something's really really funny so mm-hmm. my the like weird movie theory thing is that like we have this whole build up of the wedding and it being the conflict and Carrie kind of losing herself and then you get this voiceover and it leads to Carrie like losing her mind and all of them laughing. It kind of gets her back to herself. And that kind of gets yep. us back into what the show actually is, which is the four people back together. So mm. we sort of have this like this sort of like Hollywood movie romance wedding break. And then when she finally gets back to where she was able to laugh again and start to find herself again, you start to get the VO coming back in, which makes mm. it feel like a long extended sex in the city show. Which yeah. is interesting to me because I was like, this feels just like a movie without her VO. And it actually comes back at that point. That's yeah. is like where she super finds interesting. So I that's, don't know. I don't know if that's true. Man. No, I, that's, I don't know if that's what it I think it's true, but I don't know. I didn't, if that's I didn't like think about that. I would love to, to like I'd love to to watch it again. I hope we get to watch again and and look for that. Something else I didn't notice <laughs> is like is like kind of the the shitty friend that Big has and then being alone. Cause I, I was like, why yeah. is he so worried about Carrie, like so yeah i guess are we supposed to like believe that big is just like lonely doesn't have friends doesn't have like loved ones what 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 do you think the purpose of that was another interesting thing i noticed there too was that she's calling him john the whole movie and that one time that he texts her when she's with her friends she said big and, yeah 
She said big. That's the only time she calls him big, I think. Someone messaged us on Instagram and said they use big and and Mm -hmm. John. They use those like based on how how he's acting and how you know, like those are two different characters. He's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know? Yeah, totally. That's super Um, interesting. One one uh thing, the guy that plays Carl, who's the friend, um Mm -hmm. at the firm. Yeah, that he, guy lives. That guy lives on my block, and are you he serious? also yes, really? he he lives on my block. And I saw him at the laundromat, and I I talked to him one time, and he's like, okay. And MPK <laughs> created the comeback, and that is Valerie Cherish, Lisa Kudrow's husband, in the comeback. Oh, no okay. way! Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, so, that's crazy. Yeah. So he's he's like a great like character actor. He's in tons of stuff. But I, at the laundromat one time, I was just like, oh, I like the comeback, and he's like. Thanks. And then just like walked away. It's like, you should never talk to people, but, um, (laughs) so, um, and then, and then also John, the, um, cause I have this in my notes, the, um, uh, Steve talks to Miranda. I mean, that's where we're at too. That's how this opened up for us at Budokan or at the, that's the restaurant Budokan by Chelsea. Oh, Oh, they were at Budokan. That's where that was. Yeah. I remember that from my tour days. But, Dude, um, I that's that's amazing. When they were when they were at the rehearsal dinner is mm. I think when we started this and and Steve yeah. and Miranda have their combo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, if, sorry if I, forget, if I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I mean, I only had it because it's the first thing in my notes. Um, but surprisingly, my notes once again just say Fergie and Big looks better. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just really stuck on on my humps, my humps. Um, well. Um, I do. I do want to say that, like Samantha's storyline is really. I, I want to pay attention to it a little bit more because we are starting to get storylines for all of the women. Samantha's storyline right. has become like not just like I am not having enough sex. It's more like my my world is now revolving around someone else rather than myself, and that mm. might be unhealthy. And um, mm. you know, she she is Smith's. Uh, agent now and then she is smith's girlfriend which both are things that you know are new to samantha and she's kind of losing identity of who she is and like we said earlier it was it was it was they use that ring to kind of show that uh she is her life now is revolving on smith rather than herself so um yeah i think that's an interesting storyline as well and um Love the Let's, neighbor. Love Samantha. Love Samantha's neighbor, who's uh, oh that hot neighbor who's just constantly guy's an attractive dude. He's very attractive. I love yeah. when they were showing him have have sex at one time, and it, instead they just showed like his butt muscles pulsing. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just just squeezing those glutes. Yeah. Great glutes. Good for him. Yeah. Great glutes. Um. And I, well, let's let's start with let's start with Samantha storyline. Cool. So um, she. She's she's back in back and forth from L.A. to New York. Yeah, um, I mean, also she pulls some major Samantha friend moves in this too. When when the wedding thing falls apart, I don't know if you caught her line, but she says like, "You guys get carry out of here. I'll deal with all this." And she's like, yeah. basically gonna like, basically like, I'll deal with shutting down a wedding at the New York Public Library. Dude, like, how good of like Samantha a military general would like Samantha be? One hundred percent. Yeah, it's just like. Though, though, like people like her who can just see the world on such a macro level, like she, mm-hmm. she like does not get stressed out by the details 
but just like knows the mechanisms of how things work and yeah. knows what levers to push. She's just like, I got all this. Doesn't yeah, stress yeah. me out. You get one thing out of here and I will shut down everything else. Those people are so incredibly fascinating to me. Yeah. It's wild. No, I, I totally agree with you because those are people that are like, they have a certain set of skills that, that are, and then there's other people that are good at things, good at things that are just so detail mm. or like she's detail oriented and, and she also is the maid of honor too, which is interesting when that was chosen. That makes total sense. Yeah. But totally. did you, were you surprised when she was chosen or did you always think is like Samantha always been the best friend? She has, but I don't, I don't think it's ever been written in stone until this moment that it's like, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but it's interesting that from a story perspective, when they sat down, they were like, oh yeah, she's, she's the maid of honor or else they wouldn't have had that. They would have been like, you're all the maids of honor. You know, that seems like it would have mm. made more sense. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of think like Miranda would have been the maid of honor. I don't I always thought like, I always thought that. I thought Samantha was the best friend, but I think if I was going to ask Carrie, I would suspect she would say Miranda is her best friend. Um, but maybe, maybe Carrie and I see her best friends on the same way, which makes me like her more. Hmm. Um, what do you think with, what do you think with Miranda? Okay. Miranda clearly says this out of anger to Carrie or too big, which is, which was also a cool thing to see big be there to comfort it's almost like a crossover episode when it's like oh big and miranda alone in a scene that yeah. rarely happens so it's cool for him to be there to comfort her to be like hey are you okay obviously it makes sense that she's a little stressed or upset but and then by the end of the what we watched like she was like to charlotte like this is my fault because i said this to big does she bear responsibility should she um, tell Carrie? She- I think I think she did a major mess up. I think uh, like what she did was not just. I think what she did is pretty bad. I'll, I'll give you a real. I'll give you a real life example of yeah. my of my embarrassing early years when I was like twenty three. I just I had just broken up with uh, one of my uh, girlfriends at the time, and my friends uh, Kathleen and Nathan were getting married, and I drunkenly walked up to Kathleen at the wedding reception. And I said, I love you, but I don't believe in love. And then I walked home and like one of the most cringy things I've ever done. Not okay. Not, and now we can laugh at it now, 20 years later or whatever, but like not an okay thing to do. Not an okay thing for Miranda to do. Like, yeah, like, yeah, not an okay thing for, for Carrie to break up with Aiden right before a wedding. Like you got to, at some point, you got to, no matter how drunk you get, take responsibility and realize that those days, those monumental days are not about your feelings. And mm. even if Miranda feels that, which she certainly did, it's not right for her to pull aside a groom who might already be ha- wrestling with thoughts and difficult things and to say something like that. So, mm. like, is Miranda responsible? I don't know. Did she fuck up? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. True. And um, and it's understandable because she was in the place that she is. And I don't, I, I do think that there is like a, 
it's so funny because she's doing nothing wrong by keeping Steve at, at a distance. But it's like classic Miranda to try to deal with something even as painful as this. Steve should not have cheated. Wrong for Steve to cheat. But like what sucks about life <laughs> is that once – like you can never go back. They can never go to pre – pre not like pre cheat that's that's done that's happened and i think there is a thing that a lot of people have but miranda's going through right now that is just like we're gonna split the huh we're gonna do this this is it then it's fixed and i will not talk to you about it ever again and then it won't and it's like unfortunately that won't happen you can never go back you can only go forward and just stopping never talking to him again um is not going to help things even if they decide to be together or not you know what i mean yeah and then that's going to come out with other people i guess that's going to come out for her to like that wouldn't have happened if she took steve to the side and was just like you can't do this i need to not talk to you for a month yeah or like <clears throat> i don't know when i can talk to you she probably would have gone back in yeah and not you know there's some metaphor that's like once you start kind of breaking stuff, it it breaks other areas of your life. Like once you're late for work, then you lose money, then you can't pay rent, then you do this, then you get in trouble like it snowballs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's this right here. That's like the way that she's handling this is going to end up affecting people around Well, then also something her. that's interesting that happens in that scenario is then it gets out of control and people claim to be helpless. They're like, I didn't – like I don't know – like, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do this. It's out of my control. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. you were late to work. Like, you stayed out drinking instead of setting your alarm, which yeah. caused mm -hmm. you to lose your money, which caused you to not be able to pay your rent, which caused, like, and I'm, and I'm, there are exceptions, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. not making generalizations, but oftentimes people do this thing and then they let that snowball get out of control so they can say, mm -hmm. like, it's out of my control. It's, it's, it's like, I can't handle it. It's just the way it is. And like yes. yeah. Miranda might be in one of those situations where she's just like, I'm sorry, Steve, I just can't. It's not, it's out of my control how I feel. We are just done. We're broken. And it's like, maybe if like you didn't do X and then you didn't do Z, one of made you tell him in the middle of sex that let's just get it over with. Like if you rewind, mm -hmm. you can see that you took the first step towards this direction. So, and, and also, well, just one final thing back yeah. to Steve, that kind of shows the carnage of cheating that it's like when you cheat, it opens up like uncontrollable, like pain and carnage mm -hmm. that I feel like it's always funny when you think about people cheating, you're just like, uh, uh, and then you come and he's like, fuck, I just cheated on the person I love. And now mm -hmm. I have to tell her and it's going to mm -hmm. destroy her. And just imagine what he was like, like literally all of the lead up is like, oh, I'm going to get this thing that I want. And then you do that and it just unleashes this pain and carnage in your life yeah. that it's like you had your house, you had your kid, you had your wife, you had all these great things. You were in the backyard that, spraying Brady with a hose like just five minutes ago. Just, <laughs> just freaking spraying his ginger face with cold, wet Brooklyn water. And now, you know, you're sleeping under the bar at Scout. Like a bomb. That yep. scout, you bum. Freaking was Debbie really worth it, Steve? Getting back ha. together and having one last roll in the hay with Debbie. Debbie might have been. Dude, could you, you imagine? Might. You think it was with Steve, Debbie? 
It wasn't Steve no, snuck it wasn't in with Debbie. Leeds and Debbie, a hot little threesome. <laughs> he got a freaking Leeds Debbie sandwich. If he was the meat in that, man. No, I. it's what you said earlier, though, Kevin. It, I, either earlier this one or last time, like it, that cheating thing, like it removes all the grace. So it's like all that stuff. Miranda is now like what didn't bother me does. But like she can't hold back anything now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But I, there's another thing that she said that. I was curious to see what John would say and maybe would always say, but Miranda said to Steve in that moment when she was like, you broke us or you broke me or whatever. Did she say I changed myself for you or I changed my life for you? I think she said myself. Did she say myself? She said, I changed. You're right. She's like, I changed who I was for you. I changed who I was for you. And we have said multiple times and John, you are the resident married person here, but we've all been in long relationships and like, we have said though it's like not a not a great thing it's a hard thing to do when you change yourself for someone in a relationship to, to you can't do it it's, no it's not yeah. a good move yeah i'm yeah, not I, i'm I, not i want to i want to be clear that none of us are saying that absolves steve from cheating it does not no, that no. you change yourself to get into a relationship it, yeah. it you're setting yourself up for like resentment later on yeah your your spouse can hone you can like make you better at who you are. Uh, I let you hone me. I let you hone me, Steve. You honed me. I wanted to, if you would have honed me more, I wouldn't have had to go somewhere else. I'm trying to get honed. Listen, I just, just learned to get like, the honing like over last me. year that, that, you know, that little circle <laughs> thing in a knife set. That's it's not a, that's steel. not a sharpener. It's a I was like, Oh, this is sharpening my knife. No, you're right. It's a, it's honing it. It's just getting yeah. rid of like the micro imperfections. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I think, yeah, anytime you change who you are for, for any, anyone, but either romantic relationship, friendship, uh, work. I mean, unless you're like, you know, smoking PCP and you, you drop it for someone like, don't, don't change who you are. That's not going to work out well. That's going to lead to you not wanting to change positions during sex and freaking out when someone tells you you have, you have um, Harry's jizz on your face. <laughs> and it turns out he was the one with Harry's jizz on his face. Yeah. What, what do you think? I mean, what do you think with... Um... <laughs> have we referenced the Harry's jizz thing in this episode yet? No, don't bring no. it up. It's a, don't, it's, keep going. Keep going. Have it, Kevin, what's your complete, point? What's your uh, point, Kevin? Go. Jeremy, keep edit going. it. Jeremy, edit. Jeremy, Jeremy edit. Jeremy, Jeremy. <laughs> and when we say edit it, clip it out, to four seconds and then just repeat it for the rest for one hour. <laughs> Loop Edit it. it. Harry's jizz on my face. Harry's jizz on my face. Harry, ha, ha, and then add, 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 an, add like a nice sick beat track to that. <laughs> Load it, and then put a video of Evan Handler jerking off on YouTube and then I think we'll be rich. I think that's how we make money. That's how we start our first branch always TikTok. Check out, our, check out our OnlyFans. It's just Harry jerking off. It's just Harry Goldenblatt jerking off. Okay. 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 So listen, so what, why didn't she hit him? First of all, that was a really funny scene with really great acting, but with the dramaticness, I think they had to like go back and forth with what, the what with, scene with the wedding, the, the flowers banging oh, yeah, the flowers, flowers against him. That was like, do you know what song for, they should have played there? Do you remember that one? The like, bodies hit the floor. No, do you know, like <laughs> Oh, what you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. 
remember that. Oh, what you said. She just bashes flowers every time. Oh, what you said. There's a good Saturday Night Live skit that uses that song, by There's the way. The, oh, it's yeah. the, it's the great. It's an amazing uh, Lonely Island sketch. Yeah. Yeah. No, they should Wait. have done this. They should have done. Let the body sit the floor. Let the body sit the floor. Let the body sit the. And then it's just Charlotte's face, and it's like. No! <laughs> <laughs> who say, who sings hey, that song? Uh, drowning pool. Um, drowning pool. The lead singer oh. died. He. Uh-huh. He. Yeah. Oh, um, but my, que- my question pod, is, Kevin. why? Why didn't? <laughs> why didn't? Didn't there seem like there was an open? Like he was apologizing. And he was he apologizing, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Or was he saying, like, I will go in and do it because it's like that's like one hundred thousand dollars. They flushed down the tube because she didn't want to stop and listen to him. Dude, no, there's no time for her to stop and listen to to them. Like, okay, I I think at that point, it's a business decision versus like having your heart broken and being humiliated. If you walk into the chapel to get married, what what I'm saying is like she made the right move. If yeah, if you yeah. walk in to to get married and you walk out unmarried, I don't think there's any like hold on, time out, let's talk this out before, and then tr- you have to walk listen, back listen. in again. It's like okay, I'll say this: I think the writers really missed an opportunity to really call back to this series. Charlotte should have turned to Carrie and looked at her and said, "Maybe he jerked off before." It's <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done. Oh man, that would have I been mean, so good. I mean, come on. Just come on. Just go that? straight from no or or like oh, dear, while they're like on the steps. Dude. <laughs> while they're on the steps. If we oh ever interview gosh. Michael Patrick King, we need to ask him that and just be like, "Did you ever think?" Also, oh, oh wait. Worry. In that, that in that s- Yeah. Also in that moment, this is the smallest thing, but did you notice when Samantha hands her her iPhone and she goes, I don't know how to use this? That's yeah. right after the iPhone came out. I know. And everyone know. was it like, was a- it doesn't work as a phone. And it's funny. Yeah, it's... it's also, that's- Carrie, it's not that... It was never that <laughs> hard to figure out. Such a Carrie move. Such yeah. A drama it's like... I, yeah. Um, it's so, also yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think that I, I'm... S- saying it from a perspective of like give him a chance but it's like he clearly they use the phone thing as like him reaching out but really like he had some sort of opportunity to work his shit out even by dancing around it you know what i mean the 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 day of the wedding if to anyone listening out there the day of the wedding is not there's there's no excuses for hesitation or like like you can be nervous. You can be nervous because it's a big deal. Like what you're doing is a, is a life. You're making a big decision in front of a lot of people, but like, like hesitating or, or like any sort of like withdrawalness is get that done before the wedding, get that done like weeks before the wedding. How how would you suggest someone get that done? Does that like through counseling through having a hard talk about being like, I am nervous. Like, how would they actually get that done? Yeah. Like, like big should have been like, well, like that's why maybe Miranda is a lot more to blame for this, but like, yeah, you should do some sort of counseling. Katie and I did, did big counseling because um, like the place that we were getting married required it. We had to talk to three different counselors and it was great because we like got to talk through like any reservations, any issues, any hesitations that we have expectations, money shit. And it's like, 
yeah, you should be, if you're thinking about making a commitment to someone like getting married, you should be talking about those issues mm. way ahead of the t- way ahead of time. Um, yeah. You brought up well, last episode that Katie and I did get in a big fight about our wedding, probably the biggest fight that we've ever been into. Um, and I, <laughs> it was from the stress of planning the wedding, but um, I'm not sure if I've talked about this on, on the pod before. I, I'm not, I'm not 10 years out. prior to meeting Katie, I was uh, out uh, having a couple beers with our mutual Lucy. friend, Harlan Elford, who is a guest on the podcast. And dance I made a promise to him. I said, if I ever get married, you, I want you to dance in my wedding. And if you ever get married, I get to sing God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts acapella at your wedding. And we shook on it. And so Katie and I got engaged. We were at and our, to the listeners that didn't listen to the Harlan episode, explain shame, your side of the bet. Shame, shame on, on you. you. Shame on but you. Also, Harlan is, Harlan is a trained professional classical yes dancer ballerino yeah he danced not just like a goofy funny dance right he danced professionally for you know for five six years he moved to new york to dance professionally um and and, in our episode he talks about it but he danced he danced for petrovsky yeah they Mm -hmm. he was in a concert for alexander What's what's his real name? Mikhail Bershnikov. Uh, Mikhail yeah, who played Petrovsky. One could think, oh, it's funny because Harlan is um he looks like he's a big boy. He's barrel chested. He's 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 Game north of, of two hundred pounds. Uh mm. north of uh two thirty, probably. Uh and all right, all right. Let's be <laughs> nice. You know what? Friends. Hey, let's come on. That's north so funny. T- that is like hey. that is like the hardest little shit. You could have just said two hundred. No one knows. I mean <laughs> <laughs> okay, north of north of two forty. Do I hear two forty five? Two forty five? Anyone? Do I hear? <laughs> Dude, meanwhile, someone else is on the other side bidding bidding on Harlan's weight, just boosting up the price. It's Harlan, <laughs> like Smith, <laughs> and he's like, "I uh, trust me, it was a long Christmas. I do see two sixty. Yes, <laughs> sold. Okay, good. Oh man. Um, and so uh, we get we get engaged. Katie's at our uh, our our engagement party. And that's like the first time she heard about it. And she was like, uh, he's not going to dance. Like, she's like, I don't necessarily want him dancing in our ceremony. Um, and I was like, I made a promise and I, and I really did want him to dance in the ceremony. And so we got like a little, there was definitely a lot of conflict there. Cause she thought it was like a joke. And I was like, you know, you have friends playing guitar. You have friends reading poetry. You have your brother singing, like singing a song. My artistic expression is I want my 230 plus pound who looks like a Viking to dance, to, to perform an interpretive dance. <laughs> well, um, he, so that I was th- like, th- that was like a big, a big thing that we had to work through. Uh, it was challenging, uh, but he, he, he did end up dancing at the wedding and Katie was like, it was one of the most special things. He took it very seriously. He rehearsed, he hired a, uh, a choreographer and it was like a really it was a really great thing. So wait, can I ask a question though? Because I think there's two things. One, you're really funny. You're able to engage in very funny, ironic humor and very like a lot of our humor that like that is not on the Bradshaw boys, like can be like very weird internet humor that is yeah. like super like other people wouldn't get it. So there's like that part of you. And then there's also a part of you and that's like kind of where the joke comes from when you 10 years ago when you're having beers it's like you got to dance at my fucking wedding dude yeah but then there's also the part that like i guess what did it mean to you to have that happen 
And then why would you not back down from it? And why was it scary for Katie in the context of like this movie is basically about people's expectations not being communicated. And there is a very, there is like a lot of different situations where you guys have that mega fight Mm -hmm. and then the wedding gets called off Yeah, because it's, and, and then it all goes back to like, it goes back to, um, being about what, um, not being about the dance, but being about the fact that like, I want to feel beautiful on my wedding, not to have your dumb friend make fun of our vow. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like the reason why you said it became one of your biggest fights, I'm sure is because of a miscommunication of like what the ceremony meant. She, she thought it, she thought it was like, it was nothing more than like a drunk bet that we made. mm -hmm. And granted it started there, but also like it was funny and ironic, which is fine because that's who I am. It was Mm -hmm. about me. Like, making a promise to someone and like the joy of a 10 year promise coming to fruition. I like to consider myself someone who's like stubbornly loyal. So it's like an exemplification of that. It's also like, I I don't love, like I don't love, like I'm not a huge music person, like someone like going up there and playing an organ, a friend, that's not something that is like impactful for me, but someone getting up and doing like a dance, even if it's tongue in cheek and funny is also like, an expression of art that like I would more like be into. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was like when she understood that it was not just a drunk bet, but it was something that like actually um, was, was, was something that meant something to me. She, she got on board and could see it through that lens. And then it was like, Oh, this actually is like a really beautiful thing. And it was, it was a dance to um, uh, Aaron Neville and Linda Ronstadt's. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Um, and I don't know how much. Yeah, and it was a beautiful. It was a, it was a beautiful dance <laughs> by a beautiful man. So, um, yeah, that was that was by far the biggest fight and probably like most stressful three weeks in our relationship. Um, but we didn't have that fight the day before the wedding. We had that fight at Dizzy's uh, eight months before our wedding, sitting next to. Um, the actor from the Americans, then the FBI guy from the next door neighbor who definitely looked at me while Katie was crying. Like I was a horrible, horrible husband. You know, the main, the main fight that ended my, my engagement was, was our invitation list. And it was whether to invite a, a female friend that I've never been interested in. I've never had a relationship at all. We never romantic in any way, just a friend. And it was about making, our invitation list and it was about like jealousy, mm. jealousy with the invitation list. And then partially as we were like going down from like 200 people to like 150 or 150 to 100 or whatever. And it was like, at first it was like, Oh, here's these people. And it drilled down to like me not realizing like, of course this person will be there, you know? Yeah. But then then once you had to be like, why are you so com-? I'm like, cause this, it's my friend. And then from another person's perspective, it's like, why do you want this girl here? So yeah, bad? why do you care so much? Yeah. Mm. And that actually, if we should have been together, that would have been a place that would have been like, oh, I understand that now. And instead it like drove us apart that I'm like, mm. I'm definitely not getting married to someone who like is scared that I can't have my, one of my closest friends who happens to be a woman, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it was one of those like, I mean, thankfully it wasn't the day of, but it, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a, a few, a few months out or a few weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
But it was another one of those things that it was like definitely a where the rubber meets the road moment that you should make sure you have those conversations and mm. not bury them because I think they can lead you closer to who you will ultimately want to be with rather than being like, oh, let's just think about that later. And then three years in, you realize you have a major issue with jealousy. Exactly. Katie doesn't respect your care of your friends. Yeah. Or you don't respect that Katie wanted that Katie, Katie likes special thing, you know, totally like they're always deeper things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and plus like the best, the best part was the Reverend, the priest who the pastor, whatever they're called, who, who married us. Uh, she like came with the church that we used. Uh, her face looked exactly identical to when Charlotte was shitting her pants while she was watching Harlan dance. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was so, she was not, Everyone else thought it was beautiful except for that woman. <laughs> well, we we told yeah. her in order to allow it in that in that particular church, we told her that it was a liturgical dance. And she's like, I love Dude. liturgical dances. You know what? Oh, That's gosh. so funny though, because mm. it's like it's like I like 20 years ago, you wouldn't even be able to be a minister because yeah. you're a woman. And the second you're able to be a minister, you're 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 looking down on some beautiful dancer in church. Like you yeah. gotta get more progressive, lady. What if he weighed if you weighed south of two hundred pounds, would it have been okay? Huh? It, it was the weight. Um we gotta go. We gotta watch the rest of this man, movie. We there's yeah, so we we got more stuff going on. Where real quick before we get back into this, where where do we leave wh- what's happening at next in the movie? Uh Samantha is checking out her neighbor and going shopping for like retail therapy. Mm. Charlotte is pregnant and jogging and again. Jogging again. Carrie. Carrie just, is just gave Jennifer her assistant. Hudson, just gave oh, yeah, her purse. that. Yeah. And then Miranda and Steve. Miranda is she's like shopping for Halloween with Carrie and basically we just haven't like, seen Miranda in quite a while. Yeah. Oh, she knows yeah. she's got a new apartment in Chinatown. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a new apartment in Chinatown, which used to be Ukrainian village or something mm. like or Ukrainian section of town. Yeah. There are uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I I one la- Jennifer Hudson, I wonder if she's going to have I mean, it seems like this is the part where she became like a little more significant. Mm-hmm. And they're already doing a bit of a football handoff of like next generation type person. Like she's the new carry or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you th- do you think that there will be a J a J HUD? Well, Corey, you can't answer. John, do you think there will be a like she gets a writing job or she like gets a fashion job like something beyond the assistant do you, like carrie yeah, I giving think her carrie, the be- carrie will see her see her out she, with her friends and she will like have that like mm. look of pride on her face mm. because i, I think like carrie it carries in her 40s it's now her job it's now her turn to buy the drinks and it's now but, her but, turn to like set set up someone in her 20s for that that life what what is what does the job that she wants? I'm trying to remember. Jennifer she Hudson, to, she runs like a rent the runway type company. She's like running like a uh, rent the I, runway type. I thought right? she just knew it. No, she just knows about that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. I'm not sure what the job is that you want. or maybe she'll okay. get like pass along uh, relational advice because Jennifer yeah. Hudson seems to be on this boudet call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's watch the rest of the boudet call. Yeah. Um, let's let's watch it. the rest of this um, the rest of this wonderful film. Here we go. Later, taters. See you Later next tates. week. We're going to go watch now. Later, tates. 
The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. You're not a real fan if you don't shit your pants.